Chapter 1. The Swinging Pendulum My name is Matthew Penn and T. I am 88 years old. This is my testimony. Like flashbacks in many movie scenes, all the days of my life now reappear vividly in my memory as I lie here on my deathbed, nearly taking my last breath. I am surrounded by friends and family, but I cannot can barely see and hear them singing and rejoicing in the life I have been, been given by God and Jesus. My breath is slowing now. I have just enough time to recall the stories and messages I wish to share. As everyone celebrates at my bedside, they begin to recite Psalm 23, emphasizing verse 6. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As I witness everyone around me reciting that verse, words goodness and mercy hit me like a ton of bricks. At this moment I can see in my mind's eye all the days of my life from the beginning to the present time. Now I realise that some of you may be wondering how I can remember my entire life from its very inception until this present moment. Believe me when I tell you that at the moment of death you have a very vivid perspective which will enable you to apprehend things very differently than, than, than through your fifty earthly senses five through your five earthly senses. The filters through which I took the world in half and fading now. I have a different kind of sight called insight, hindsight, which involve a kind of inner knowing and perception. But times pass and all that has occurred during the course of my time on this planet. Therefore, I now ask you to allow me, from the vantage point on the verge of departing the temple plain, to tell and show you the goodness and mercy that the Lord has bestowed upon me all the days of my life through Jesus Christ. From before my birth until this very moment, before I was born, I don't I remember staring down to earth. From where? I don't know. I don't feel God or Jesus. But I could see them. I could not see them. Well, no ordinary mortal can truly behold their greatness. As John one eighteen, as in John one eighteen, no one has ever seen God, but in one and only Son, who is himself God, is in his closest relationship with the Father, who has known him, made him known. The experience of their presence was indescribable. I felt incredible security and an abundance of love. You're probably wondering how I could have been with God and Jesus before I was born. The answer lies in Ephesians 1-4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world, be holy and blameless in his sight. Imagine I had a panoramic view of the world, was so blessed to be in the presence of divinity. I was so sad, however, because no one could see God and Jesus were on my side. I wanted to shout the truth to everyone. That is, when I asked God and Jesus if they could send me down to earth so I could tell the world about the reality of presence in all our lives, God and Jesus then said to me, No, stay with us, for you are safe here. You may not make it back to us. Don't forget the presence of temptation and the influence of the rulers of the world, the devil. You might lose your faith in us, therefore might not be able to return. Despite my feelings of safety, I begged them, please send me to earth. 
I asked twice in vain, but upon my further quest, I saw myself going through a dark tunnel and travelling towards the light. As soon as I reached an effervescent, radiant glow, I emerged out of my mother's womb and saw the doctor holding and placing me in her arms. My mother, Rhea, held me close and repeated, I love you, my son. She turned to my dad, David, and said, Come and hold your son. As I looked into my parents' eyes, the first thing I wanted to say was, God and Jesus are real. But as hard as I have tried, all I heard was my cries. After a couple of attempts to convey my message, I suddenly felt as though my mind came a blank slate, with every fault completely wiped out. In other words, I totally forgot about my conversation with Jesus. God and Jesus, I was on my own, having to fend for myself, and as the echoes of voices resonated in my mind but became more and more distant with the beginning of time. Since the beginning of my time on earth, life is not easy for me. When I was two and a half weeks old, I contacted pneumonia, pneumonia and remained in my hospital for two weeks. Then when I recovered, my parents took me home to a small town, USA, where, where 14 my relatives lived in one house. My childhood was filled with a host of mixed emotions. Most of the time, life is riddled with challenges and conditions, fluctuated from frustration and argumentation to happiness and good times. Even though we didn't possess material wealth, we always made the best thing of what we had. Now, as I look back, I would not change a thing, not one bit, why? Because with pain of hardship, lessons have, were learnt, even though I wasn't aware of them. At the time, they were building blocks on my growth and development. For the very reasons, I am now speaking to you now. Since I can remember, my father was addicted to drugs and alcohol, a cause of my parents' arguing. When my dad wasn't drinking or under the influence of drugs, he was the kindest, most loving person in the world. I still remember when he bought me my first bike. I was five, and Dad gave me quality time from his heart with his heart, spending most of the day teaching me how to ride on my bike on my own. Oh, how I loved my dad! I remembered his doting attention. On the flip side, I always remember the days when he did, would get paid and stay out partying all night long. I just sat in the window and cried, waiting for him, and sitting there all night until the wee hours of the morning, four or five p.m. Well, as soon as I heard his footsteps approaching, I jump up and run to the door and greet him. One night, Dad didn't come home. Mum told me to throw all his clothes out of the house. Sometime later, he returned home and reduced his paycheck, along with a little extra money he made from gambling. And she told me to reverse the process and bring the clothes back in. A rather sad, but potently funny, potently funny moment I hold on to, even now. I remember the first time I went to school. I was in the kindergarten. I used to play with all my cousins outside in the woods. I loved that thought of just going there and getting out of the house. When we lived in a small town, the woods were adjacent to our home. We seized every opportunity to play there. I imagine, I recall, making toy soldiers out of sticks and get, letting my imagination run free. Other forms of recreation I thoroughly enjoyed as well. Sometimes I found me with a pole in the car, head to the beach. I especially loved to do camping and sit around the campfire or on dark nights telling tall, scary stories, eating hot dogs, hamburgers and delicious denimores for our meals. How I enjoyed those good old days. That's the way we loved, lived. 
an emotional pendulum, swinging from joy to sorrow, from one day to the next. I found gradually source of substance. This ability was my parental grandmother, Geraldine, the pastor of Christian church. Were it not for a God in light, living at home would have been impossible. She showed me the grace of having face and served as an example of fortitude, especially the way she handled stress and various disputes within the household. She'd always treated every situation with love, diplomacy, kind of development, but firm discipline. Although I didn't realise at the time, she was my whole family, family's rock and compass. No doubt Grandma had own directives for dealing with life, constant ups and downs derived from the word. A Bible is a comfort and a vice giver. Given a tremendous background, it's amazing that she turned out so beautifully. The oldest of 17 children, Grandma came from a brucie from the household. She would often tell me stories of how she came home just one minute late from school. She received harsh discipline. On one occasion, for the simple small misstep, my mother broke her leg. Yet all her trials and sorrows, Grandma became her family's pillar of strength. Now I'm looking back, I thank God and Jesus for gracing us, a strong, wise and loving winter. Everyone looked up to her for guidance, especially when fights and misunderstandings overwhelmed our household. As you can imagine, the 40-odd co-habitants in our home were very distant, different, distinct personalities, capable of causing great confusion. However, this was a family whom God had sent me, with whom he intended for me to remain to this day. I'm gratefully, deeply grateful for that divine plan. Although I experienced hardship and struggle throughout my life, I've always drawn back to God through Jesus Christ. I took lessons from that hardship, which I share with you with you now. Amidst the constant noise and agitation of my parents and my other arguments, I had my own issues, the most troubling of which was a problem with literature, writing, reading, writing and spelling. For some strange reason, however, I always could read and understand the Bible, even though words were a struggle, I never had difficulty with the ultimate word. I would be remiss if I didn't mention that Mum had a different, difficult life as well. She had me when she was just 17 years old and was kicked out of her home when she announced that she was pregnant. So she had to drop out of high school and move in with Dad and his family. However, her saving grace as she learned from her mistakes began to make the right choices just to make ends meet. She would go on welfare to support my three siblings and me. She did so without complaint. And she too was, always will be, definition of righteousness and virtue. As she matured, Mum began to think even more than other about the well-being of her family. And now she is going to better ourselves. She decided, therefore, return to school and receive a GED. Against Dad's advice, she would simply stay at home and attend her responsibilities as a domestic engineer. Dad had a good construction job, but he was caught, so caught in his drug abuse, he never spent the money productively. Instead, he used his paycheck to support his drug habit. Witnessing my father's, my husband's wayward tendencies, Mum knew the only ticket to her, her family's prosperity was independence, and she waited patiently until she received that goal, achieved that goal. After Mum attended her GED, she got a job as a telephone operator, then went on the community college for a degree. Her mission was to apply for and receive a better job so that she could free ourselves from the shackles of welfare. Once she fulfilled that dream, Dad quit his job so he could watch 
us where mum went while well, mum went to work. That's when when I grew up. Fast. For example, I had to learn to cook, since Dad was often high and irritated, and forget to make and serve our meals. If we hadn't taken that into initiative, we would have starved. Because of Mum's absence, a lack of daily guidance, my family school grades suffered. I understand why, and I knew in my heart that Mum was out there trying to make a better life for us. Dad certainly wasn't in his right state of mind. In saying this, I don't mean to blame him at all. That's just the way things were. That was no use in question. There was no use in questioning that heart. And that life dealt us. We just went day by day, doing, going with the flow, a swinging pendulum, swinging from light to darkness and back again.